Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. In case you are unaware, God wants us to know Him, and through faith in Jesus, we can. Knowing God should cause us to worship Him and have peace and confidence in Him. Today on Drawing Near, we see one of the attributes of God. We also see how we are affected by it. Let's take our Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 6, and study. God lie? Impossible. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you as your children, once formerly lost and alien from you, without hope in the world. But now through faith in Jesus Christ, we have not only joy and peace, but we have the promise of everlasting life and all of your promises to us. And Father, we are so thankful that we can count on you, that we can trust in you, that you're immovable, unchangeable. Father, help us to see these truths today. And Father, as we see these truths, help us to live more confidently and more boldly. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's begin our study today by reading Hebrews chapter 6, beginning at verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. So if you've been following along with our study, and you remember what we've been dealing with, the writer of Hebrews has been sharing about God's work in the Old Testament among the Israelites and how it applies to the believing Jews that he's writing to. And we, as Gentile believers, I'm assuming most of us are Gentile believers, we benefit from this because we learn things about God and we learn about the promises of God for the New Testament, for the New Covenant, which includes us. So God made a promise to Abraham. And believe it or not, we are the seed of Abraham. We learn that in the book of Galatians. We are the seed of Abraham because Isaac was the seed of promise, the son of promise, and we are heirs because we are children of promise. And you can read Galatians to see all of that. But it says, when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. He was trying to build confidence in Abraham. He was using man's way of communicating and making covenants or deals. We make an oath. We swear by something greater than ourselves. That's what this text is going to say. So God swore by himself. He made an oath with Abraham, and he swore by himself because he could swear by no one greater. There is no one greater than God. We should get that if we don't get anything else out of this text. God is the greatest. He is the Almighty. There is no one who is above God, and there is no one who compares to God. So God swore by himself, and we learn in verse 14 what covenant he made. 
Surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. We know that God made a promise to Abraham early on in Abraham's life that if Abraham would go to a land that God would show him later, that Abraham would be blessed, that through Abraham, all nations of the earth would be blessed through the seed of Abraham. And we know that to be the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have received this blessing. And so God makes a promise. He says, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, that is Abraham, he, Abraham, obtained the promise. He obtained the promise in the son, Isaac. He had Ishmael, but that was not his son through Sarah. And Ishmael was the son of the product of a physical union that was natural in every way. But Sarah had been barren. She could not have children. And so Abraham and Sarah, in their old age, when it was impossible for them to have children, God made a promise, and God kept the promise by miraculously giving them Isaac. And so he had to patiently endure to get that. God didn't make a promise to him and immediately deliver on it. And even then, the promise was Isaac. Where's the great seed? Where's the great people? Where are the great blessings? Well, they were all in Isaac. And that's where our great promise and blessing is too, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like Abraham could count on the fulfillment of God's promise through the one individual, Isaac, the promised son, we too look to one individual, the promised son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to fulfill all of the promises, all of the commitments that God has made in his word to us. Receiving the Lord Jesus Christ opens the door for vast promises and blessings to be brought into our life. In verse 16, it says, For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. All this is saying is, men make agreements and they swear, they commit by something greater, and when they do that, it's accepted. It's the end of dispute. Negotiations are over. Verse 17, thus, or in the same way, God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, now pause there, God does this because he's working with us in a way we understand, thus God, and he was determining to show us something. He was committed to show us something. God doesn't owe us anything, but he wants us to know him. He wants us to have confidence in him. And so God determined to show more abundantly, more than men can do in their agreements, because God is in this one. He determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel. Who are the heirs of promise? Well, it's the Israelites. More specifically, it's the Israelites who follow God by faith, not just the physical Israelites, but those who follow God by faith. And again, in Galatians, you and I as Gentile believers are brought into that. We are heirs of promise. And he wanted to show the immutability of his counsel. That word immutability is not talked about very much, but what it means is God is unchanging. In this passage, his counsel is unchanging. When God makes a promise, it does not change. So we can count on the believing children of Israel to still lay hold of all the promises God has made to them. And we can count on God delivering on his promises to us through Scripture 
as the spiritual promised seed of Abraham. He confirmed this by an oath. Verse 18, that by two immutable things, unchanging things, in which it is impossible for God to lie. It is impossible for God to lie. We know that, but do we really hold on to that? And do we look at the Bible and see his promises, his commitments, his statements of, if you will do this, then I will do that? Because all of these things are promises from God, and he cannot lie. And he does all of this. He shares all of this. He makes known all of these things. He makes this oath. He swears by himself in order that we might have strong consolation. The Israelites, in their wanderings, in their waiting on a Messiah, and then when Jesus comes and trusting in him, and even in enduring the persecution from the unbelieving Jews, we as believers, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge. We flee for refuge to the Lord God. He is our strong tower. He's our mighty fortress. And the Israelites have fled for refuge. The believing Israelites flee to God to lay hold of the hope set before us. Jesus Christ is our hope. We flee to God. We flee to Jesus Christ. We hide ourselves in him. God has hidden us in him in order that we might lay hold of the hope And that hope is not just wishful thinking. That hope is assurance of the promises of God. It's a hope that is secure and set. It's only called hope because we have not gotten our hands on it yet. It's not ours yet. It's a promise. But God cannot lie. So that hope is certain and it is set before us. And we need to be moving toward that hope. We need to be progressing toward all of that which God has promised to us in Jesus Christ. And we'll talk about that as we go forward in this study. Father in heaven, help us to trust in you. Help us to realize you do not change and you do not lie. Our hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. Father, we need to trust in you so that we can serve you with confidence and follow you by faith. And you've never done anything to make us question your trustworthiness. Thank you for your immutability. Thank you that you do not change. And help us to understand that that means the God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. And the God who makes a promise in the Old Testament keeps it in the New Testament and beyond. And Father, we look forward to your great and many blessed promises. Guide us today. Guide us toward your hope. Help us to find refuge in Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the promise that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.